everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Historic Pinstripes. Again, my name is Brian, and I have been a diehard Yankees fan since I was about seven years old. The goal of the Historic Pinstripes is, as always, to preserve the rich history and tradition of the New York Yankees by discussing the greatest Yankees players and moments in Yankees history. So this week, I'm going to be talking about Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak. Um... And uh, first off, I just want to thank you for listening to last week's episode. If you didn't, feel free to go back and listen to it. If not, you can feel free to just listen to this one. And stay tuned, too, because there's going to be some more trivia questions, and I'll give you the answers to last week's trivia questions at the end of this episode. So, um, getting into it, uh, the um, hitting streak for Joe DiMaggio started May 15, 1941, against the Chicago White Sox. Um, uh, Joe DiMaggio was a single uh, he, he actually scored um, Phil Rizzuto, who was an RBI single, off lefty Eddie Smith for the White Sox. Um, the, the Yankees act, actually lost the game 13-1, to um, so that was the only run they scored in that whole game. And, and also, that year, at, to that point, May 15th of 1941, the Yankees were in fourth place, and they were six and a half games back at that time. So that hitting streak, really, the Yankees really needed it. They they need they needed something anyway and and of course Joe DiMaggio stepped up like like pretty much every other time he he did I'm sure um, and, and in my opinion I think the 56 game hitting streak has been going on for such a long time and there's been guys that have gotten close I think as far as 44 games I think Pete Rose had a, had a 44 game hitting streak Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers had a, had like a 30 game hitting streak I believe a while back. Um, but nobody's really come that close to like to like breaking Joe DiMaggio's record. So uh, um, I I I really feel like one of, that's it's one of the most what it's going to be the the hardest record to break, if not the hardest to break the 56 game hitting streak. But moving on, um, in 1933, uh, Joe DiMaggio actually he actually um, broke that record. He had a 61 game hitting streak in 1933. Um, it was his first professional season um, in the Pacific Coast League for the San Francisco Seals. Um, so so uh, DiMaggio actually did it twice. He hit 56 in 1941, of course, and 61 in 1933, which just kind of, it just kind of shows you just how great Joe DiMaggio was. And that was his first professional season. Of course, he wasn't facing pitchers like he was in 1941 in the major leagues. Um, and actually, the longest hitting streak um, in minor league baseball history is by Joe Wilholt, a uh, 69-game hitting streak. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, it's kind of interesting. In the minor leagues, Joe Wilholt still has, the, at least I believe he still has the, 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 the longest hitting streak. Um, you can check that if if you'd like, um, but uh, but in the major leagues the the hitting streak is 56. That just goes to show you right there. Even a guy like Joe DiMaggio wasn't able to get a, to have a 60 game hitting streak, and it just tells you how hard it is just to hit at just to get a hit in in every single game for 56 games in a row or whatever it is. It it um it just shows you the consistency that you have to have every single day. May 15th until July 16th. So July 16th, Joe DiMaggio got his 56th hit in a row. 
He had three hits that day against the Cleveland Indians, um, formerly the Indians, now the Cleveland Guardians, and they won the game. The Yankees won the game 10-3. to um, He was hitting 375, which was just second in the American League at that time. And, of course, Ted Williams was the um, American League batting average leader. And, actually, that leads me to the first trivia question. What was Ted Williams' batting average at the end of the season in 1941? And I'll just give you one hint. It's, it's basically the, the record. It's not really – it's not a record. It's not like the highest batting average ever. Um, but it's, it's the highest – no one's ever had a higher batting average than Ted Williams had in 1941. So what was that batting average in 1941 by Ted Williams? So getting on with that, um, and obviously Ted Williams had a great year in 1941 as well. Um, it was basically just him and Joe DiMaggio going for the for the uh, Most Valuable Player Award that year. Um, of course, as we know now, Joe DiMaggio ended up winning it, and rightfully so as well. But at the same time, though, I mean, I'm sure a great case could be made for Ted Williams as well because Ted Williams was a great ball player. Um, like a Manat, he, he, he was a Hall of Famer, and so was Joe DiMaggio. They were just, you know, maybe uh, not like they they weren't the same type of hitter. DiMaggio was more of a contact guy. Of course, DiMaggio also played in the old Yankee Stadium, and um, obviously that was like uh, it was basically they called it Death Valley in right center field because it was like 500 feet to left center field in the old Yankee Stadium. It was even further than the the current Yankee Stadium model, and even the old Yankee Stadium from like in the 2000s and then the 90s because um, they had pushed the fences in in like 1974, I believe. Um, but anyways, so getting to that, uh, back to that, uh, I would I would say that like you really, it's hard to judge who's better between Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams. Ted Williams played a lot longer than Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio also played in a lot more postseason games. He had a lot of clutch hits. Um Ted Williams didn't really have, didn't really play on a lot of the teams to get there. But anyways, that's just kind of my feelings on the whole Joe DiMaggio, Ted Williams debate. And I can get into that more in another episode, but I just kind of wanted to touch on that. Um, so as I said, DiMaggio had three hits against the, um, formerly the Indians, now the Guardians. And uh, that was on July 16th. That was his last hit. And on July 17th, he finally ended um, that game without getting a hit. And also, on July 17th, the Yankees were seven games up on the second-place team in the American League. And, of course, they didn't have divisions back then. Um, and there there were two uh, hard-hit balls to the third baseman for Cleveland, who was Ken Keltner, and he made two really good plays. And uh, the old, and actually, Joe DiMaggio did get on base. He, he had walked. Which of course is not a hit, so um, it doesn't uh, doesn't come toward the streak. And the actual the the, the last at bat that Joe DiMaggio had, he actually grounded into a six four three double play, and that was to Lou Boudreau, also a Hall of Famer and a great shortstop. Um, so that's how his hitting streak ended against Cleveland. And just to show you how Joe DiMaggio influenced how the Yankees played through that. Uh, that season, um, when Joe DiMaggio started the streak, the Yankees had a 13 and 13 record. Actually, 13 and 14. Um, 
because uh, on the first day, like I said, May 15th, when Joe DiMaggio started his streak, the Yankees lost that game 13-1, to and they were one game under 500 on May 15th. So they went from 13-14, and 14, and then in June, they were 19-7, and 7, July 25-4. and 4. So obviously the Yankees came a long way. And of course, it was the beginning of the season in May. A lot of times, it takes a little while for, for the team to get going. And I believe in 1940, the Yankees didn't have quite as good of a year as as what fans were expecting, especially back then, because in 1936 to 1939, the Yankees had just come off winning four World Series in a row. Of course, after 39, um, or actually in the middle of 39, the great Lou Gehrig um, had to retire, and and he, he couldn't play anymore. He just couldn't. And so things were not the same with the Yankees. Of course, they knew they had Joe DiMaggio, but um, that there was kind of a transition period and um this night in 1941 this 56 game hitting streak really came at a good time for the yankees as far as just kind of getting fans back into the game i would imagine um, because obviously it had to be a very sad time losing your captain and a guy who was a fixture for the yankees for so many years and i'm sure fans thought that he had a few, quite a few more good years left in him lou gehrig and if you look at his numbers he was well he probably would have had at least maybe three or four good years left I would think I mean he was still putting up some decent numbers but at the end of his career um well maybe not the very end uh but I mean I I think if he hadn't had ALS it's interesting like what records could Lou Gehrig have broken you know how many more World Series could, could he have won but that's that's all ifs. So anyways, that's why the 56-game hitting streak was such a monumental feat in Yankees history, at least in my opinion. And um, and, and, and it seems like, to me anyway, it's, it seems like a record that maybe could never be broken. I, I mean, I think maybe one day it probably will be broken, but it seems like the way the game is right now and how more and more players are striking out a lot more, um, it's going to be very, very hard for somebody to break it, especially with the media scrutiny, you know, social media, and just the way that everyone follows players. And, you know, that's part of being a major leaguer. I'm sure one day there will be a player that will break the 56-game hitting streak, but I think it's going to take, it's going to take, it's going to, I mean, it's probably going to take a while. Um, but who knows? I mean, you never, you never really know. Um, so anyways, that's the episode this week. Thank you all for listening. So before you go, I just wanted to give you the answers to last week's trivia questions. The first question was, who got the first postseason hit in the history of the current Yankee Stadium? And the answer was Derek Jeter, of course, in the 2009 American League Division Series. Question number two, 12 Yankees were on each of their World Series winning teams from 1949 to 1953. How many of those players can you name? And, of course, there's uh, Hank Bauer, Yogi Berra, Bobby Brown, Jerry Coleman, Joe Gordon, and uh, Johnny Mize. There's Vic Rasky, Ali Reynolds, Phil Rizzuto. There's also Eddie Lopat, lefty reliever, Charlie Silvera, catcher, and Gene Woodling. I believe Charlie Silvera was a catcher. And those are the 12 guys who were who were on the uh, the Yankees 
um, winning teams in 1949 to 1953. And the third question for last week was, can you name the first manager to guide the Yankees to a World Series win after starting that same season managing a different club. And the third question was, can you name the first manager to guide a World Series winning team after starting that same season managing a different club? The answer was Bob Lemon in 1978. He started that season with the Chicago White Sox and, of course, finished with the Yankees. And that's the trivia questions from last week. This week's trivia questions, you can feel free to email me the answers at historicpinstripes at gmail.com. Also, I'm going to be posting these questions this time um, during the week, this week, um, on social media. So you can feel free to stay uh, answer the questions there as well. Um, but the first question for this week, um, of course, the question earlier, what was Ted Williams' batting average in 1941? Uh, question number two, who hit the first postseason Grand Slam in Yankees history? And question number three, in 1999, what Yankees pitcher threw seven shuttle innings, allowing only one hit in a 7-2 victory over the Atlanta Braves in Game 2 of the 1999 World Series? And question number four. Who became the youngest Yankee to knock in five runs in a postseason game, doing it in a 7-0 win over Houston in Game 1 of the American League Championship Series? So those are the four questions this week. I just wanted to thank everybody for listening. You can feel free to email me your opinions on this topic and um, also answer the trivia questions at historicpinstripes at gmail.com. Um, uh, thank you again for listening. Uh, before I let you go, I just wanted to mention that the Historic Pinstripes is a proud member of the 4041 Media family with other podcasts such as Movie Theater, Time Machine, and a bunch of other podcasts and streamers. You can go to www.4041media.com for more information. Again, thank you for listening, everybody. And as always, go Yankees!